0: My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family, here on Purple Mafia, episode number 74. It is Sunday, October the 31st, 2010. Of course, Happy Halloween, everybody out there that celebrate it. Um, I don't mind the festive side of it. I don't mind the uh, the decorations. Uh, the costumes, to me, are extremely overrated. The drinking is just another excuse to drink, and uh, yeah, all of that's overrated. Now that I've got that out of the way... Speaking of overrated, the Vikings' offense <clears throat> um, scored 18 points today. The New England Patriots scored 28. So, yeah, that was pretty close to my original prediction when I said 27-17. That's awfully close. Change it to 27-21 in favor of the uh, 2001, 2003, and 2004 World Champion New England Patriots, uh, who are now 6-1. Our Minnesota Vikings are now 2-5. and five. Of course, we're going to review the game. No kidding. There were no phone calls today. Yet again, the second show in a row without any phone calls. He we went from two calls on one show to no calls on two shows. So that's a that's a bummer. Um, not complaining, though, to the callers out there. You guys are awesome. You listeners out there. Just hope that you will please call in soon. Um, first and foremost, before I get really started with things, Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes appreciate you all very much again for downloading and listening to this show which is of course episode number 74 oh, oh. yeah this was uh this team right now watching this team is like being at work ah uh, yeah all of, a lot of you out there say you might tell me you know might want to tell yourself you love your job Okay, you love your job, but still, work is work, right? This is like work. Man. <laughs> it was like work watching this team. And, of course, you know, covering them, I got to watch the game. I can't just uh, turn on Tales of Destiny for the PlayStation or or go somewhere else. Uh, no, and no, I'm not the type that wants to go somewhere else anyway. I'd rather watch the game. Um, that's why I'm behind the mic. I would rather watch the game because it's just... It's not even about being a fan. I enjoy being a well, not professional yet, <laughs> but you know, a kind of a being professional about it. Watching it, enjoying it, covering it, and being as objective as I possibly can. And I'm going to try to be as objective as I possibly can um, without offending Viking fans that think we're all fair weather fans out here. The people that would dare dare to say that. The offensive line's not doing well. That would dare to say that Brett Favre is struggling. That would dare to say Randy Moss isn't catching the ball. That would dare to say Randy Moss isn't getting open. I mean, what else? What else? That would dare to say that Medeo Williams has returned to his 2009 form of football. Oh, my God. Did that ton of bricks land on the floor today? Medeo Williams. Do you frickin Williams. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's Halloween. That's about it, though. Um, I don't care if it's Halloween. I don't care if it's Christmas. I don't care if it's Thanksgiving. I'm here. I'm doing the show, and I'm not. I'm not pleased with the outcome. I'm not pleased with the. I'm not a pleased, a pleased with the product. I don't understand the product. I, I, I don't understand it. Um, we'll get further into that later. Though, then again, at the same time, why am I mad? Why am I mad? I predicted them to lose. So, yeah, I guess I'm not mad. But at the same time, I'm mad for you guys out there. I am. I, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts being five yards away from the Super Bowl to having five losses in seven games you know what 6 months later I, I just can't believe it i just can't believe it and now we're 5 minutes into the show or about that a little more than that so yeah there's your number 5 i guess that's the theme today uh which i don't know i just i'm suffering man i'm suffering for you out there i'm suffering on my own as well i want to win too folks i want to win so let's just get to the g- gist here um or continue on the guest, I basically am there already, first and foremost, one other thing, again, the call in line is, you know, bummer, nobody called, life goes on, it's just fun, it adds to the show, uh, the Twitter's back full circle today, I kind of maybe overdid it a little bit, but, uh, I did it, I did what I did, um, so it's mostly one of those deals, um, the call-in line is 209-736-787-877, 787 It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention your are calling in Perpruple Mafia and state your opinion, question, comment, shout-out, all the above. Good stuff. Opine, opine, you know, the usual, um... Well, I like to take a lot of my notes on Twitter, so then I interact with you listeners out there, or as many as you as I can. Also try to, you know, kind of get the Purple Mafia name out there so more people come and listen to the show. I mean, that's nothing wrong with that, is there? I don't try to overdo it either. Just uh, interact with people, and then they're like, oh, it says Purple Mafia, it says it's a podcast or, or an internet radio show or whatever, and okay, maybe I'll give it a listen whenever I feel like it. <laughs> Which is, again, that's your freedom. You can listen to it whenever you feel like it. It's not like oh I missed the show this week. No, you didn't. You have seven days to listen to before it's quote unquote a rerun or whatever you want to call it. Um, hey, and there's always more interesting stuff in the past. Maybe you want to check out that you haven't heard, like my rant and Bernard Berrien. <laughs> and me and one of the one of my friends and listeners uh, talked about earlier today. They didn't get to hear that yet because they're new to the show. Uh, yeah, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia show twitter.com forward slash purplemafiashow. So let's get to that guest immediately. <laughs> All right, screw around too much longer and bore you out there. Yeah, what a game. Mm. You know, it looked kind of encouraging. It's like, hey, hey, this team actually looks kind of good so far. Favre was uh, very sharp today, and yes, he was. He was very sharp. And yes, of course, we're going to get to what happened to him, unfortunately, and uh, try to... Keep as updated as we can here on the fly, because uh, who knows what news is going to come out? Though um, I think you guys have a pretty good idea what's going to happen with Brett Favre. I think you have a pretty good idea. I think he's going to play next week against the Arizona Cardinals. I just do. I don't think it's too much of a surprise to you guys out there. Uh, if he played with broken bones in his foot and ankle. I think he'll be back playing. I just do. I just do. But yeah as mentioned, early on the game looked pretty solid really. It was an okay start. Uh, I like the approach mostly have it give it to Adrian Peterson, give it to Adrian Peterson, give it to Adrian Peterson. very encouraging. The defense looked good. They stopped the Patriots on their first attempts. Unfortunately the Vikings really couldn't get any offense going in the first quarter either. Well then again they could in their final drive of the first quarter. It just happened to they just haven't officially score in the second quarter. Where clearly the MVP of the team in the first half, Adrian Peterson, absolutely looked the part and was able to f- complete that drive with a touchdown. A key officially for the record at 25 rushes, 92 yards, and at that and that one yard up the middle touchdown or to the left, excuse me. Um, he looked pretty good early on. Unfortunately, the offensive line didn't really help us much later on in the game. Unfortunately. So we'll just kind of go with that. Um, unfortunately, one stat too, like Joey's Neato stat of the night, like Ernie's Neato stat of the night on uh, <laughs> TNT. I love that. I love that station. Best NBA coverage in the world. Uh, anyhow, I accidentally posted this on my Wolves Explosion uh, <laughs> tweet because I forgot that I was still signed into that. Uh, Peterson uh, officially was stopped for the first time on third down this year. So he had been that good on third down, though. Unfortunately, this was only his eighth attempt on a third down all year. Again, another thing that miffs a lot of your listeners out there, a lot of your fans out there. To now he's officially 7-8 and eight on third and one. He was stopped. And then, yeah, right as the Vikings' defense did great, immediately on the first play to Percy Harvin, he made a nice catch and took off a little bit, and uh, there went his ankle. Oh, boy. His ankle turned. He barely... He could barely put any th- pressure on the foot, on the ankle, and it's like, oh, no, oh, no, please, God, no, please. He's been the most valuable player of this team the last couple weeks here, two or three weeks, I believe three now, because you can include today, and yes, I am including him today. Right now, he's the offensive MVP of the Vikings. Yep, so when we get to post-season awards for the Minnesota Vikings, yeah, much later on, the State of the Vikings address, much later on into 2011 here, um, Looked really good, and it's like a thought of, boy, minus Percy Harvin. We had two guys, Harvin and Peterson, who were just dominating all year. Everybody else you could say has struggled, and I do mean everybody. And, yes, Randy Moss absolutely at the top of that list. Absolutely at the top of the list. Um, The thought of losing Harvin was really frustrating, but then they just went straight to Peterson, 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 and that's what led to that touchdown at the end of the first, well, at the beginning of the second quarter, excuse me. Very, very cool. During that, of course, Brad Favre was hit in the head, roughing the passer. Yeah, that wasn't the first time he was hit in the head today, unfortunately. Challenge, uh, when Adrian Peterson got in, Bill Belichick Bill, Bill, uh, <laughs> challenged the touchdown. And it's like, why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? He just threw away a red flag. I mean, he was 99% chance Adrian Peterson was in. And even if he wasn't, we would be at like the one millimeter line. I mean, I was second down. Okay. Yeah, maybe we'll get back to that. I mean, yeah, not maybe. We'll get to that later, too, about what happened at the goal line. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not the first time that's happened this year either. But still, (laughs) I don't know. He was most likely in, and, and, of course, he was, according to the ref. So it's like he threw away the red flag. Why did you do that? Um very strange. I was, again, very pleased with the play calling early on. Run, run, run. Just go get him. The Park Patriots defense was not really stopping Adrian Peterson at all until later. Yeah, until la- later. <laughs> and then Medea Williams had an interception in his basket, in the Hank basket, and he didn't catch it. Then next thing you know, Brandon Tate does. And that was, what, like a 50-40 yard reception in the end. A typical Vikings dumb luck there very frustrating, but then the best part is, Brad Sheldriss challenged it, he thought Tate didn't have possession of the ball, well again, another 99% chance they're going to, let's say the play stands, and it did, great, you just threw away a red flag, great, thanks, so a waste of red flag by both coaches, I'm in Vikings, we're going to get to your uh, mentions right now, at least some of them, I'm going to try to kind of go with the flow here, with the, uh, Try to keep it where we're at, if I can. Unfortunately, it can be tough at times with the way it loads. This is not the fastest deal here. Unfortunately, I'm not quite a millionaire yet, guys, or multi-millionaire. That would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? So now, there we go. All right, MNVikings guy basically said, yeah, he said the exact same thing I did. He said typical Vikings, dumb luck there. Uh, McEmer commented earlier in the week, he said, I think we should give the Sacramento Mountain Lions... A call to get Dante back, I love that one, he was all nice enough to post episode 72 on there, I believe he did 73 as well, appreciate that a lot but here we go, in all seriousness, he was with Chili on this one in terms of Brett Favre, um, you know, getting mad at Brett Favre that is, Chili really calling Brett Favre out last week, so in all seriousness I'm with Chili on this one, he needs to show people that he's the boss, not Favre or he'll lose all respect, I'm ready to roll with TJ but don't tell him he's starting till an hour before the game, so he has no chance to overthink things. So, um, yeah, that's the other thing with Tavares. Sometimes he overthinks things, overthought things in the past. So, there you go. Um, a new follower to this. I'm not sure if he listens to the show yet. Maybe he is because he ran into it. d 2 dow said, Hell yeah, to something I wrote on there. Um, Chief Zone, that of course being Farzine Vasugi and the host of the Chief Zone on the sportself.com and iTunes of course the the city chiefs having a much funner time over in KC than we are right now with their 5 and 3 record. Congratulations for our Zine if you're listening. He responded to me kind of making a little poking Bill Belichick a little bit saying Belichick is still good. The team looks like it'll dominate in a few years, but he makes crucial errors at coach, uh, as a coach at times and yeah, yeah he does uh, and again that proves that he's human and I agree that Bill Belichick is still good. I think uh yeah. With things going uh, the way they are, I think the New England Patriots are primed to make a run, believe it or not. I actually think they do have a legitimate chance to make a run, though today they didn't look all that great. They really didn't. Brent for Liberty. That, of course, Brent Jacobson with a couple of tweets here. We'll get to them right now. He uh, says that he likes the old school Patriots uniforms better than the new ones, and he wants my opinion. Um... I'm kind of neutral, I guess. The old school ones are really cool in terms of, yeah, I've always liked old school things. I always do. It's just, to me, the Patriots, now, they changed their uniform twice since then. They changed them to those kind of, those other blue ones they had during the mid-90s, and I hated those. just hated them when Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback, but then uh, later on, right about the time that Tom Brady took over, now, I like those because that was when they won their three Super Bowls and that just, there there's a different aura. In that organization when they wore those uniforms. They went from one of the weakest organizations in the NFL that never won anything. Just patsies. The same pet red uniforms that got whooped by the 85 Bears. Congratulations again to Dylan Richardson on that one. Who's <laughs> uh, of course a Bears fan. Um, yeah, the success level. It's like... The success level, its when you had no success in one and you had tons in another, that's kind of where I am at in that, and being the Patriots are my second favorite team, I kind of have a little bit more interest in those, in uh, commenting on what Brent said there, too. So, there you go. He says, at SaveTheVikings.org, we are going against the wind, aren't we? (laughs) I suspect the freak will get the ball more in the second half. And unfortunately, he didn't. (laughs) <laughs> ben for Liberty says the worst old school uniforms of the Broncos brown and mustard gold unis yeah I agree with that uh, he says that the Vikings stuffed us in fourth and goal safety time go defense so yeah we'll get to that shortly I got I got a little ahead of myself there so apologize for that so here we go there I got things a little more set up better apologize for that guys Um. It was frustrating because how the Chiefs or Patriots, excuse me, right away did score, <laughs> basically immediately did score after uh, after that uh, the after that Medea Williams deal. Apologize, I had to kind of get the mentions going there. It was uh, definitely a bummer, indeed, as the Patriots tied the game almost immediately. So of course, yeah, I got distracted on the chilly challenging thing, and then we started talking about. Uh, Bill Belichick, but yeah, that was kind of weird. Uh, we tied the tied it immediately. It was kind of crazy. Also, I was thought I'd note that Bill Belichick used his last time out of the half with about 11 minutes to go. I thought that was kind of strange as well. Moorhead, there we go. Uh, Moorhead of the Patriots, or Moodhead. Moodhead, not even Moorhead. Yeah, you'd think Moorhead would sound a little bit more familiar to those of you out there. Moodhead was the guy that tied the game up. I was like, what the heck? And this also was only the second New England rushing touchdown of the year. So, Skull Vikings on their superb rush defense there. That just does not make him look very good. The good news is Percy Harvin is back. Looked like he was going to be out six to eight weeks the way he came off the field. And he's playing, and immediately, right after we saw him on the field again receiving the kickoff from that stupid touchdown by Moodhead. Moodhead. What? You know, (laughs) yeah, Moodhead, folks. What? Yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Oh, come on, man! But again, yeah, immediately with Harvin back in the offense, they threw to him on the first play, and he caught it and took off for 21 yards. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, Jens BB said, "WTF? Why did the Vikings get Moss if they aren't going to bleep and throw to him?" And I totally agree there. How can you not? Just unbelievable. Farve was sacked, and of course this was on the same drive. Farve was it was sacked. Plays just not being there. The Vikings had to punt right away. Unfortunately, very frustrating there. The Vikings then immediately got a stop right away, a three, and out for New England. Vikings defense looked. See that's the thing. Vikings defense looked awfully good in the first half, didn't they? Mm-mm-mm. So it's like what the heck happened in the second half, and especially the fourth quarter. Very very frustrating. Field position certainly not an enemy for the Vikings in the game. That is for sure. That excuse is out the window. (laughs) Harvin, again, made another big catch. Got to love that. And then I just had to say this. I just wanted to. I got so sick and tired of the stagnant offense. I just couldn't take it anymore. And, uh, well, (laughs) that's pretty much where we stood there, unfortunately. Oh, boy. We did int- continue to try to push things forward. Uh, Judd Zulgad, I, ha- I had to put this up there. Uh, one of his uh, followers asked, is all the attention on Moss only means Harvin to have a big game, right? And he said yes. So, yeah, definitely. I had to mention that. Uh, the Vikings did get to the goal line. As mentioned, this was it. This was it. They get to the goal line down to about a yard or less, less than a yard. They called it. They called it four inches. Maybe it was a little bit more than that. I guess six inches to a foot, something like that. And uh, it looked like Childress was like, "Yep, yep, we're going to kick it. We're okay. Let's just take the ten to seven lead. Let's just take the ten to seven lead." And I figured, yep, I just can't stomach being stopped at the goal line and getting zero. I just can't stomach that thought, folks. But no, the Vikings did go for it, and what happened? They got knocked backwards. They got knocked backwards. Yeah, the best part was I couldn't believe how many people out there. And again, it's okay to have your opinion. This is a game. This is not life and death. This is not airplanes getting shot down because of a bad decision by, you know, the general, you know, in the Army or the Air Force, whatever. It's not, nobody's dying here. But, dude, dude, when your offense is failing to score over and over and over again, and this has already happened in a game that we lost by four points, you're getting stym- you got stymied at the goal line when you're guaranteed virtually guaranteed three points virtually guaranteed. I mean you're what it's a it's a it's closer than an extra point pretty much. So as long as you don't bobble the snap, it's going to go in. It's a lot less likely that you're going to get through the Patriots than you're going to bobble the snap. Right. <laughs> you know, so take the ten to seven lead here. No total fail, total fail as what we like to call it. I don't want to say epic fail because I'm sick of that. I don't know garbage total fail, and yeah that's where I caught up to Brent Jacobs in there. well, they stuffed us on fourth and goal, safety time go defense that's about as friendly as I've seen Brent Jacobson after a play like that. I would have thought he was a little BB, a little more upset after something like that that's cool, glad you weren't too upset there Brent um I was just off the charts, and I you know why would you even ponder going for it in that situation? Why would you even ponder going for it? Because at that point, the Patriots were starting to solve Adrian Peterson. They were starting to solve the Vikings running game. At, literally at that point, I mean, they failed to get short yardage multiple times already in this game. Why would you even ponder it? You threw away three points you could have gotten almost for sure, a chance to have a lead. I, I like the go-for-it thing, but at the same time, yeah, it's fun. But this team has trouble scoring points you got to get the points you gotta get the points. we've seen them screw up this opportunity multiple times and again, who do you think who is the main culprit on this uh on the run on the run protection rush protection run blocking there we go run blocking who's the main culprit well who do you think Phil L lodeholt who has just really taken a dump this year out there on that field I mean Second year in the league, very solid as a rookie. He stinks right now. Just stinks. Stinks. He got, convincing, he got convincingly beaten on that goal line. This man beat him and got to AP immediately behind the line of scrimmage. And it's like, great. Okay, yeah, the Patriots are only at the two-yard line. Horrible field position for New England. But it's also horrible when you don't score any points when you're pretty much guaranteed points. You know? You hope you're not even getting that fourth and inches situation at the goal line anyway. You hope you get in the gall dang end zone. But they didn't, so take the three points. Take the three points. Why would you even risk it? Why? Um, so now we'll get to a mention for this play. Particularly D2 Dow again, a new follower as of today, says the play action would have worked. Maybe. Maybe because, yeah, you get you get everybody kind of getting in the box there to stop the runner. Oh, but then maybe somebody leaves their man. Most likely they do. And you try to flip it on in there. I think that could have been the better play. Sure. Yes. I think so, because they were all expecting a run in that play. Um, Play action probably is the best way to go. So, uh, not a bad thought there. No, it's not. Obviously, you don't just simply do a rollout, play a play action, and then maybe a rollout, or hope you can have that split second to get the ball up there to try to make a to try to do an alley oop to Randy Moss if humanly possible or anymore. Um, Bernard Berrian just throwing to him is one of those feels. Yeah, there was another little bit of ranting on there about Bernard Berrian. Mm, 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 mm. It was uh, very tough, very tough to stomach yet again. So there you go, seven to seven. You gotta love it. You just, you just gotta love it. (sighs) Mm -mm -mm. I just could not believe it. Um, PMAC of, so I got to mention this. PMAC of fifteen hundred. I kind (laughs) of, yeah. I'll I'll just leave that opinion where it is right now. Um, I agreed with him what he said here, where he said, yeah, Brad Childress isn't Belichick but he is serviceable, better than people think. And yeah, I said, yeah, at least Chili's better than Denny. And that's my stance. Chili is better than Dennis Green, yes. But the frustration level's getting high, and I'm going to continue on that as we get near the end. Vikings did have a nice solid drive again. Eugene was taken out on third down. Third and two, so here we are back in that same situation again. Not quite on the goal line. as the Vikings failed to get uh, get the first down on third and two. It was fourth and one. Vikings failed there. I mean, but for some reason, yeah, the Vikings decided to throw the ball on that play. They tried to throw the ball into the end zone to Randy Moss, or was it Bernard Berry, and I don't even care who it was. It was one of those two, which is like gambling at this point. It's like rolling a dice, hoping that it's six, basically. It's like a one in six chance they're going to catch the ball the way things are going right now. Be it The defense is too good. It's just too good. Or they just can't catch the ball or Favre can't complete it. It's one of three things and it's getting really stupid. It is. Um, Lake, Henry Lake commented about, hey, you know, what are you going to, you know, to some, one of the, uh, as KFAM people like to call them, Rubes, was commented to him as well, what, are you going to blame Childress for the incompletion? Come on, people. And no, it's like, no, I'm not blaming Childress for the incompletion. I'm questioning the decision there to throw the ball. Um, You took Adrian Peterson out. Yeah, he's 7 of 8 for the entire year on short yardage situations or third down. So do it. And no, I, and yes I, understand, excuse me, I, yes, I understand he might have been stonewalled again for the second time of the day, or third time of the day, excuse me. But maybe. I think you have a better chance there than kind of throwing it a very inaccurate pass, a just a messed up, broken looking play in the end zone, it looked kind of stupid but the good part was, this is the part where I don't agree with uh, dis- excuse me, don't disagree with Brad Childress <sighs> we kicked the field goal we kicked the field goal this time, yeah we didn't go for it on fourth down again because we were in the red zone yeah, we no, no we weren't at the goal line but it was only like a fourth and one but we kicked the field goal so the Vikings took the lead, it felt nice For 30 seconds. Because the very first play of the next Patriots drive was thrown to Brandon Tate. And he burned Medea Williams so harshly. Medea Williams... (laughs) Excuse me, Brandon Tate owes Medea Williams about $6 million for today's game. Because Medea Williams couldn't have screwed himself worse. He couldn't have helped Brandon Tate more in this game. He really couldn't have. He had an interception in the breadbasket that landed in Brandon Tate's hands for, what, a 40-yard gain. And then, next thing you know, Medea Williams just does a was wanga, just gets eaten up alive in the open field by Brandon Tate as he heads towards the middle. He literally did a Percy Harvin. Brandon Tate's not Percy Harvin, but he sure looked like it on this play. He blew up for 65 yards. The Vikings' lead of about 30 seconds was gone, and they would never lead in this game again. Never again. Tom Pelosaro commented, not to me, but in general, and it's just, you know, he, was, he thought it was worth pointing out that Favre was 16-20 passing. Not bad at all for about 200 yards and no turnovers. Favre actually looked pretty good today. He really did. Henry Lake says, terrible angle by Medea Williams. Are you kidding me? Terrible. Um, it's been bad. It's been really bad. Medea Williams just got us destroyed today. Medea Williams. I'll say it now, <laughs> Madieu Williams. Madieu Williams better not be on this team next year. It's time to go, Madieu. It's time to go. Yeah, you started out okay this year, but you never were great. The safety play improved this year mostly because of Hussein Abdullah. Madieu Williams cannot ever. He will never get an interception as long as he lives. And I hate. I, I hate it. It's frustrating. It's not all about the <laughs> interceptions, but yeah. Giving up a 65-yard touchdown in the embarrassing way that he did for how much he makes is a complete joke. He is the Bernard Berrien of the defense, is Medea Williams. Just lousy. He needs to go, and I hope he does. Uh, There was a deep pass thrown thrown to Percy Harvin immediately on the next drive. Immediately. Almost. He just was not open enough to bring it home, but it's like, again, Harvin's ankle must be doing good, huh? It must be Frank Walker's name did come up again today. Really good on special teams. I'm really impressed with Frank Walker. Absolutely impressed with Frank Walker. That was when the Vikings had to, unfortunately, had to punt later on <laughs> in the following drive. Very, very frustrating indeed. Very, very frustrating indeed. There are lots of Viking fans still bitching about Phil Old Holt and I don't blame him at all. Not at all. Totally on board with those guys. Um, unfortunately (laughs) later on not much later on, yeah, there was a play where Percy Harvin had the ball literally in the basket again, another bread basket play, and it became an interception for uh, McCordy. totally not Brett Favre's fault here, it wasn't the greatest, most accurate throw in history, but it surely wasn't the worst throw in history either McCordy wasn't anywhere near the ball, Percy Harvin kind of tipped it in the air, and it happened to go to McCourty. Evan McCourty, excellent uh, cornerback for the New England Patriots, or the rookie of course all over the Minnesota Vikings draft board until he was taken. <laughs> Still pleased with Chris Cook, even though he was taken obviously after McCourty. Both of them are going to have good careers. Very frustrating indeed. McCourty was able to return the ball all the way up to what, the 20 yard line, which immediately became a, a touchdown play for the New England Patriots. It was thrown to Ellis it was basically like game, set, match at that point. And you kind of knew it would be. Yeah, kind of did. Jared Allen on this drive missed multiple opportunities to get to Tom Brady. And here's my comment on Jared Allen, folks. Here's my comment on Jared Allen. I'm tired of Jared Allen's underachieving ass. I really am. It's like Jared this, Jared that. Jared almost this, almost that. And he almost sucks this year. He almost does. But almost, right? He almost sucks this year. (laughs) Jared Allen has been a huge frustration this year, folks. Very huge frustration. I just cannot believe how invisible he's gotten this year. I already ran it on last show. We'll just kind of leave it there. It is what it is. It just is what it is. Now we'll get to Dan Taylor, because it was at this point when things were starting to get ugly. Dan Taylor from England, of course. Yep, I missed you, Matt Emer today. Hopefully, uh, I'm sure you're listening, though. I appreciate it very much. Maybe you're a little bummed out that I was on Twitter last week. Uh, Dan Taylor's comment is, mention is, that it's sad to see the Vikings losing. Isn't getting any emotion out of me. Looking forward to that high draft pick. And yeah, yeah, you know, you have a point there, Dan. You have a point. Because at 2-5, and five, it's... Um, I don't know. I really don't feel very good about the rest of the year. It's happened before. I asked the Vikings to prove me wrong. And they didn't. They did not prove me wrong today. They scored 18 points against uh, a bad defense. They scored 18 points against a bad defense. And the defense looked awful, awful down the stretch. And awful when Medea Williams just got... Roasted and toasted. Totally destroyed. There we go. There's one of my new words, I guess. One of my new lines by uh, Brandon Tate. Just oh, eaten alive. The Chiefs zone. Again, Farzine. With Three mentions here. Otherwise, we got a little convo about Jared Allen right here. So I figure when I'm talking about Allen, let's continue that conversation. Because oddly enough, Jared Allen led the NFL in sacks. And was going to face Brady in week one in 08 but was traded to Minnesota, interesting, so yeah, he didn't get to see Tom Brady until today, several, so, yeah, about three year wait there, um, yeah, yeah, man, that's just amazing, about a three year wait or whatever, um, he also says he was hoping to see Alan pressure Brady, because Brady under pressure was the reason he lost the Super Bowl versus the New York Giants, very true Farzine. very true indeed right there, the Vikings didn't get to Tom Brady at all, they really didn't. They didn't get two sacks the previous two weeks. We'll get to that in a second when we kind of get to the final little breakdown before we get to uh, the Facebook group. Uh, Farzine says, uh, use him at the tight end. He caught two touchdown passes while he was a Chief. And yeah, I remember he caught one against the Minnesota Vikings. I remember that very well back in good old 07. Vikings and Chiefs, that game, of course, brought Farzine to me, which, of course, brought me to thesportstuff.com a few months later. That was back when I was just doing videos on YouTube for the Vikings for fun. I just figured out what the hell. Might not have to do something fun, see if, see if anybody cares or wants to interact with me about it on there. Maybe, God forbid, maybe it gets popular. Arzine took me to thesportstuff.com, and here I am on Purple Mafia later on. Started out as Paladino Live, which wasn't as successful because it didn't have one show. Or it didn't have one team, it didn't have the Vikings, you know, as part of it, as like the main cog of its show. And so it's like, hey, let's just make a Minnesota Vikings show called Purple Mafia. So yeah, that's Farzine's significance to this show and to myself. So very cool there. Favre is God. <laughs> Her name is Bobby. Uh, she says that the Purple, uh, excuse me, <laughs> she says that uh, Brett Favre will play with a wired up jaw. That was when Farve hurt his chin. We'll get to that later, much later. I got ahead of myself there. That's what happens, though, when you get all these uh, mentions. It was very tough. Okay, this was right about when Brett Favre hurt his jaw. So here we go. Getting close to it anyway. Before um, Brett Favre, a- after the Vikings made a nice drive again, they were in the process of making a nice drive. Favre hit hit Percy Harvin down the middle for a reception. It's like, here we go again. Do I need to make my point any clearer? Do I need to make my point any clearer? at Percy Harvin. Down the middle, down the middle, you can throw the ball to him down the middle. Deep, deep, that is. Good things happen, and it happened. It did happen. Very, very cool indeed. Right there. My comment, again, to Farzine though, about (laughs) Jared Allen beating a tight end and stuff would be, you know, that would mean being creative. That would mean being creative, though. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's against the, uh, that's not staying in the confines of the system. Uh... We need to stay in the confines of the system. Uh, that does not involve uh, uh, putting Jared Allen at the tight end or anything kind of crazy and creative like that. We we don't operate that way with the uh, the kick-ass offense. Uh, uh, all right, bye. <laughs> so there's uh, there's your coach right there. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for the comment there, Mister Childress. I appreciate it. So yes, Brett Favre playing on a hurt ankle. Very, very solid. The turnover he had today was not his fault. It was in the breadbasket for old Percy Harvin, who is human, and a wonderful player who was also playing hurt with a hurt, you know, playing with a hurt ankle. He officially had six catches for 104 yards on the day, including that 30-yard up the middle catch from Mr. Favre. So, Brett Favre's final stats of the day, <laughs> as I get to where I, what I'm about to get to. He completed 22 of 32 (laughs) attempts, about 70%, 260 yards. Unfortunately, though, only one interception and no touchdowns, destroying his quarterback rating to only 80. So uh, Brett Favre looked awfully good in this game for a guy with a broken ankle. He looked awfully mobile for a 41-year-old with a broken ankle as well, with broken bones in his ankle. There we go. Um, Not necessarily, like, really broken, but stress fracture broken. Very painful, of course. Um... Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Yep, this would be his last play of the game. Maybe his last play for a little while. They got to Favre. He was hit very hard, unfortunately, by the New England Patriots. (laughs) I like to use the talk like that. I'm sorry. It was uh, Banta Kane, I believe. I believe it was Banta Kane who hit Favre. And, uh, Unfortunately, his helmet went right into Brett Favre's chin. Next thing you know, Brett Favre was on the ground looking very dazed, looking knocked out. Maybe he even had a concussion from it. Maybe. They didn't really bring up the word concussion. The final uh, analysis at this point in time was a laceration. Not a broken jaw. I mean, I thought it was broken jaw. That's why uh, Favre has got that bobby girl from uh, Wisconsin made the comment saying that uh, he would play with a wired-up jaw. Well, obviously he didn't finish today's game, but a lot of people assuming he will be back next year. Or next year, next week, excuse me, against Arizona in the, the Dome. Thank God, not a road game. Um, I do think, uh, yeah, it's sad to see. You know, Troy Aikman was commenting all that happened to him before, too, of course, you know, lacerations on the chin because of getting hit by a helmet. That just is not fun. Did not look good. Very painful indeed for Brett Favre, I'm sure. So then Tavares Jackson comes in on the goal line, his very first pass, <laughs> immediately a touchdown to his favorite guy. Remember who I always talked about? Well, all, all Tavares Jackson is, does, this was on last week's show, episode number 73, all he ever does is throw to at the or Jimmy Kleinsasser because they're the closest guy to him, and they're always somewhat, and they're always open enough to catch the ball. Yeah, he threw the ball to Fahutahi for a touchdown. I mean, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. It's like, okay. So then the Vikings, again, here we go. The Vikings are smart, folks. They learned from last week. You're down by four points. So the microwave, as I like to call him, Tavares Jackson. Now that, I was asked about that as well today. What's the microwave? Why are you calling him that? Well, it's like being hot off the bench. Tavars Jackson is the microwave. He's hot off the bench like uh, Vinnie Johnson of the Detroit Pistons was in the 1980s and early 90s. The Microwave. The Microwave T-Jack, because I always thought about that's kind of, you know, Tavares Jackson seems to be at his best when he comes off the bench in the middle of a game. He's the Microwave. So I gave him that nickname. I know it's copying being something from 20 years ago. Hey, but I, I'm the one that called him that, so wink, wink. Ha ha. He's the Microwave. <sighs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, and yes, he does seem to play his best when he comes in in the middle of a game like he did for Gus Farrat when Verrat hurt his back a few years ago in 08. He dismantled a very talented defense with Detroit and an even more talented defense in Arizona the next week. But we'll leave that where it is. And quite ironic how that took place. That's kind of weird. (laughs) But yeah, his next pass is a two-point conversion again. As mentioned, as I said, uh, why would you just kick an extra point when you're down by four or five points why not go for two and attempt to get within three so it's a one-possession game, or one field goal game, excuse me. You don't have to score a touchdown to tie the game up if it's, say, late in the fourth quarter, which it was kind of getting to be sooner or later here. Um, oh, it was, It could have been. It would have, could have been, we'll say. Mm. But he did get the two-point conversion. This was to Percy Harvin. A interesting choice that it was kind of like an alley-oop to Percy Harvin. You don't really think of Percy Harvin as an alley-oop type of receiver. But it worked in this case. We'll take it. Gavaris Jackson 2 for 2 with a touchdown and a 2 point conversion. You got to think that he's about the highest quarterback rating in history. At least for those two passes. <laughs> yeah about a 160 quarterback rating there. Um, but then the Vikings defense. The Vikings defense. This is what it was all about. Make the big stop. You're only down by 3. It's the 4th quarter. Everybody on your feet baby. Yeah, okay, whatever. The fourth quarter, make the big stop. You're within three. Get the big stop. Let's tie this or maybe even win it with Tavares Jackson in football immortality, New England. Yeah, it's kind of a cute thought. Cute. But anyhow, it was a nice thought. It was a nice dream. The Vikings defense didn't resemble the Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't resemble that excellent defense we saw most of the season. When the Vikings needed big stops, they got them. Not always when it matters, though. (laughs) Funny how that works. Uh Uh-huh. The Vikings' defense resembled the Arizona Cardinals when they simply needed to make a stop to win the World Championship in 2008. The the Arizona Cardinals' defense totally blew it and let the Cardinals down. They let Kerr Warner down in that great offense. Um, Not that the Vikings' offense is great, but just saying... This was this was the defense. This was the team's calling card this year. Was making the big stops. The defense, the purple defense. It's just very, very frustrating, indeed. Very frustrating, indeed. There. Because the Vikings thought we thought maybe we had a stop, but then Asher Allen beaten on that third down play, and I mean beaten badly. Just not a good player is Asher Allen right now. He just isn't. First down after first down. The Matador, Medeo Williams. That's his nickname, so there's another nickname for you. You got the Microwave for Tavares. You got the Matador for Medea Williams. Toro, Toro, Mr. Brandon Tate. Toro, Toro. <laughs> Great. Um, but that's the best part. That's the best part. Because you know what I hate more than anything is the defense played well all day, played well all year, but when you need the stop, and you need the stop right now to potentially save a season, that's really getting scary here. We could be 3-4, and four, not a good record, but still potentially within striking distance in a very disappointing NFC this season. Very disappointing NFC. But no, they didn't make a stop. They didn't make a stop at all. They got eaten up. They look like the Arizona Cardinals. Total BS. Dan Chimes in about the very porous timeouts, very bad clock management by by Brad Childress during this Patriots, the sustained Patriots drive. Very sustained Patriots drive. A lot easier than it should have been. Could not stop the run at all. Could not stop the pass, mostly the run though. Yeah, like who are these guys, these running backs? Dan Taylor's comment is, please explain the timeouts to me. I am dumbfounded. It is before the two-minute warning. Yeah, we're burning time also for the two-minute warning. Just strange. Strange. So then once they got to the two-minute warning, it's pretty much DOA for the Vikings. (laughs) Dan Taylor again says it's nice that it's the defense letting us down this week. The variety is what makes it so fun. Yeah, it's variety. Favre let us down last week. Berrien let us down against Miami. Favre did too. (laughs) Um, The running game... Sort of let us down in New York, I guess you could say. It was kind of the running game. Yeah, mostly the running game, I'd say, let us down in New York. Farved, it may be one of his better games of the year. Um, just, it really is. It's a lot of uh, variety. The offensive lines let us down here and there, several times, actually. Mm. So we'll get to the final post here. Dan Taylor, uh, the final post on uh, Twitter says, there's a very strong possibility of coming last in the division. Can you believe that? It's like yeah, I can, yeah, I can, because execution wise this is the worst offense in the division, I just said it, didn't I execution wise this is the worst offense in the division oh, come on <laughs> like... that's a that's a statement, isn't it, that's a statement Yeah, this might be kind of gonna to be too long here, so again, I know you guys don't mind, i but I'm just saying it's get yeah it's, woof, I'm kind of running this one long, but it's one of it was just. It's getting to that point. It's getting weird. It's getting weird. So let's hurry up and get to it here. (laughs) Let's get to the chase here. Um, What what, what more is there to say? Well, yeah, Asher Allen got beat badly in plays down the stretch. Vikings defense could not get it done. And, uh, well, another big name running back for those New England Patriots. Boy, I'm sure glad that we were able to stop Green Ellis in the end zone. Oh, no, we weren't. 112 yards and two touchdowns for the day, 6.6 yards per carry. Yeah, there was a challenge. It looked like his elbow was down. I agree with Childress and the Vikings. I'm glad it was reviewed by the booth. Not happy with the outcome there. Man, I'm seeing something with my eyes right now that I cannot believe. I'll mention that in about three seconds. But, no, that was, uh, that was weak, very frustrating, the Vikings' rush defense disappeared big time. The pass defense, well, it's Tom Brady, what do you expect? But still, you know, who's catching the ball? Brandon Tate? Okay. Hmm, that's great. Brandon Tate looked like Percy Harvin in this game. Ridiculous. Um, man, defense was terrible down the stretch. So we'll leave it at that. The Vikings failed today, 28-18. to 18. There's your final score. I'll mention what I was looking at right now that I just cannot believe. The Oakland Raiders beat the Seattle Sea Chickens 33-3. The Oakland Raiders scored 59 points last week against the Denver Broncos. Something is going on in Oakland. The autumn wind is a Raider. The autumn wind is a Raider, folks. 33-3. to I cannot believe it. The silver and black just might be back on track again. And Wade Phillips, boy, oh boy. Here's another team that's disappointing. I just got to mention this again real quick. Whooped by Jacksonville, 35-17. to 17. Wade Phillips' career could be ending in Dallas very, very soon. A lot of people in this town. Perfect segue. <laughs> wink, wink. Could be uh, hoping the same fate awaits. Uh, Brad Jonas and the kick-ass offense. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So with that, we are going to get to the Facebook group, and we are going to preview briefly, as brief as I can, the Arizona Cardinals game right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 74, which is a reminder for iPod users, thank you always for downloading and listening to this wonderful show, even though we're not playing so wonderfully right now as we speak. Now, Purple Mafia is the Facebook Facebook group of Purple Mafia. Simply, uh, if you have a Facebook account, that is, in the search bar, type in Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings show. You are guaranteed to find it. There you go. Please do join And let's conversate, guys. Let's conversate. I don't think I'm going to get to everything here. (laughs) I just can't, because it's just too long. Uh, One part where I was recorded, we don't need to get to that. Tony L. Coleman, of course, being Twainball, responds with, well, apparently that the injury to Brett Favre wasn't as bad as we thought. Nice article there by Peter King. Nice find again by Tony Coleman. Appreciate that always. Continue to do that, Tony. We appreciate it a lot. Very nice read. I should have commented on there just caught up in all this other garbage. Um, Dan Doro. Dan Doro has been very active on the Purple Mafia group of late. It's been a lot of fun. He said, sit Favre and play Jackson. I don't want Favre shooing everything up again. He was making throws in the States on Sunday, that being the Packer game, that a rookie would do. Send Favre back to Mississippi and get our money back. And uh, uh, regretfully, I said I agree. (laughs) At this point, the way Favre played in that Packer game. After today's game, though, Brett Favre looked... A lot better. I know that's probably a lot more of a tease than anything, but Brett Favre looked a lot better. He he really did. Um, we kind of got in a conversation there. I'll just say uh, it gets kind of long, so if you want to check it out, do check it out on there. It gets kind of long, so I'll leave it there. This is a little more... Uh, this is something that i got to get to right here. I have to get to it. Have to get to it. I'm going to try to keep it as brief as I can, because I kind of talked a little too much. When it got to that point, um, Janine Jarraco Dites. I'm really sorry. I'll say Janine, J-J-D, Janine Dites. Okay. Her comment is, now she's from Virginia. She's been a Viking fan for a long time. Her comment is, true blue fans put up with the good as well as the bad. Last year was great, and this year not so good so far, but lots of the season has yet to be played. The Vikings don't need no stinking fair weather fans. I've been a loyal fan since Joe Cap was quarterback. I know that there are other loyal fans like myself out there, so quit your bitching and start believing in your team. In your team. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Okay, I'll let, uh, I'll let Tony and Dan do the talking for now until I get to my point. Tony's comment is, this is just a, its an interesting thing, and Janine, I really hope you continue to post on here. I really hope if, if you are a listener, please let me know on there if you could just mention that you do listen to the show. If if you could just do me that favor, uh, and that you know, just in case maybe you're just a Facebook member and I don't really listen to the show yet, um, I'm I'm guessing you probably do. Uh, please don't be offended by our response, and uh, please don't be offended by me being critical of this team. I just I can't help it sometimes. I mean, they're high, high, but we'll get to that later. It's part of my job, really, to be objective, but I'm already getting into where, into my point, and i got to let Tony and Dan have the floor for now. Tony's comment is, this is an attitude that sometimes annoys me. Just because we're not happy with how the season is going, it doesn't mean we're fair-weather fans. Do you honestly think things are going well? Do you honestly not have ideas of how you think things could go better? We are putting up with the bad. We're still here. Uh huh. Great comment there. Criticism does not mean we don't love our team. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here at Purple Mafia. We're all fans. It does no good to insult other fans' opinions by dismissing them as fair weather fans. Before I kind of respond here to both of the talk, everybody here, Dan Doral responds: A serious dude. Favre has yet, I mean, Favre has lost a step from last year. Anybody can see that. People who criticize their team are not Fairweather fans. Oh, thank you guys so much for that. Because, you know, back in 07, the Vikings were a pretty frustrating team to cover. Yes, they were. But I was having a blast because it was my first year covering the team. It's the old honeymoon period. (laughs) But I was very critical. I was probably too critical at times. Being in the video, you really kind of want to do some bashing in the very short time you do the video. Um, very short air time. You get. you get only three minutes, whatever, well, you know, you don't want to make a ten minute video, no one's going to watch it. Um, if it's just talking about football, uh... that's the thing though, I look for that guys, you, you have to be objective, you have to be willing to criticize the team, because you don't criticize the team if you don't give a damn about them, you criticize the team because you want to win, you want to win the game, you want to win. Especially when this team was 12-4 and last year. And five yards from the Super Bowl, like I said earlier. Now we've got five losses, seven games into the season. The number five again, folks. The number five, and it's 9-15. How creepy is that? I mean, whoa. I'm kind of weird, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, or somebody's weird out there. Something weird is going on. I guess it really is Halloween. But no, that's the thing. That's the thing. Do you think I get frustrated... If somebody's critical about the team, I get frustrated when, like, say, if, even if I was really disagree, even if I was in disagreement with the other person. Yeah, you disagree, maybe a little bit of tension comes up on occasion with about something if it really gets far. As long as you're respectful, though, it doesn't get too bad. Um, generally, I would say the tension level is very low with me. I'm a pretty mellow guy until... Well, the game is being played, then I get really crazy, but not tension towards other fans, unless they're disrespecting me or, or other people, but uh, that's beside the point that I'm getting to. Um, it's the fans, and yes, Timberwolves fans especially, it's the malaise that I hate. It's the malaise. That is what a Fairweather fan is. Malaise is when you don't care. It's when you don't show up, you don't give a rat's ass, you don't watch the team. You don't have to show up, but if you don't even watch or follow the team... You just don't give a rat's ass. I know everybody has a life out there. I respect that, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's a fairweather fan. That's what a fairweather fan is: is the people that don't care enough to watch the team to follow them. Like, uh, did you see Randy Moss yesterday? Did you see that 80-yard touchdown pass? In our minds, but you get the idea. Uh, no, I was. Uh, I was just. Uh, I was watching American Idol. Ugh, really, you're watching American Idol? You are out drinking. Well, you have that choice, but I'm just saying you're not really a fan of the team then because you're just not. That's what a Fairweather fan is. That's what a Fairweather fan is. So again, no, I mean we're not Fairweather fans. We're just we're just not. We just care about this team so much that we're frustrated. We wanna win. It hurts to lose. It hurts. Today hurt. Today was like being at work watching that. It's not because I hate the team. It's not because I, I don't even hate Brad Childress. I disagree with some of his approach. I cannot flip and believe they're not throwing the ball more to Moss. I cannot, absolutely cannot, cannot, cannot believe Randy Moss isn't being more effective on this team. I don't know who to blame with that. If it's Brad Childress not getting the offense, not the right scheme to get him the ball, or if he's not getting open, or what the hell's, or if it's just Favre is really inaccurate, or God forbid it's all three. And I kind of think it's a combination of all three, unfortunately. Or, oh, no, no, the defense is just too damn good. You know, it's a lot of that stuff. Um, the lack of execution and the only victories this year were against two horrible teams. Detroit isn't really a horrible team, but they never win in the Dome. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And uh, the Dallas Cowboys got hammered by everybody in their path this season. They got absolutely obliterated. They got killed by the Jacksonville Jaguars today. They suck. So that's kind of my deal there. It's uh, it's just it's amazing how, you know, th- that's the kind of team we can beat. Yeah, we can't be, seem to beat anybody else. Close game or blowout. Today actually was the biggest blowout of the year. We lost by 10, which is kind of funny when you think about that. But uh, there you go. There you go. You could argue the Patriots are the best team of them all. So that's a long response, but that's what you get when you... Call everybody a Fairweather fan when we're just frustrated. True weather, true Fairweather fans are not even paying attention to the team. They're out doing something else. So there you go. Now we'll finally get closer to the end here. Two Only two posts to go. <laughs> Very quick ones. Tony L. Coleman says, Wow, Jackson, his first two plays of the season are a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Who would have thought? That's pretty funny because uh, great minds think alike there. Oh, and I better get to Sebastian's uh, response down there. I'll get to that in a second. Janine Sebastian here, too, said, I would still rather see Webb start at quarterback. I still hate Jackson. <laughs> well, either one of Webb or Jackson right now are, well, Jackson's more polished at this point, which is kind of funny compared, you know, usually you don't think of Jackson as a polish, but he's more polished than Webb. Um, we'll see. It's more of a curiosity thing with Webb because he's a very talented individual. Before I get to Anthony Batista, that's being Anthony from LA. I better get to Sebastian up here because this was an awesome post. His comment is: We are loaded with talent, and I honestly don't see why we aren't demolishing the NFL. And this very, un- and this is very unfortunate. But I think we are done for. Sebastian, I can't disagree with the thing you just said. Not at all. I compared the Minnesota Vikings with the Randy Moss, Adrian Peterson, and of course, Brett Favre trio. I compared them to the Miami Heat. And the ladies and gentlemen, that team is demolishing the NBA for the most part. Other than losing their season opener to the Boston Celtics, huh, they're looking pretty good right now, Believe even with their lack of depth. The Vikings actually have depth all over the place, except at receiver at times. But uh, still, still, no excuse to be getting beaten by everybody in sight. So very well said, Sebastian. And I agree that we are done for. Two and five. Yeah, we're in a bad division, and the whole NFC is down this year. And I mean the whole thing, but I, uh, this team is not a winning football team. They're not, because they don't win games in tight moments. Good teams win close games. Bad teams don't. Detroit loses every close game they play. St. Louis loses close games. Uh, just goes on and on and on. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, they only lost by three points to the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, they're 0-7 and... They lie. Yeah, they could lose every game by three points, but that means they're not winners. <laughs> you know, winners win close games. So now we get to the final post. Anthony Batista, Anthony from LA, says, "Wow, I can't stand this season. Very disappointing." Sebastian Balls responds with, "This is very disappointing, like you said. But what hurts most is we are loaded with talent." And again, I, can't, I can't, I, I can't agree more with Sebastian there and uh, Anthony Batista. Very cool stuff there by both of you. Just not cool uh, what's happening right now. It's a big frustration for all of us, and it's a a huge shame. So now that I'm done with all that, we're going to get on to the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to preview the Arizona Cardinals who visit the Metrodome next week. Yes, finally we can talk about a home game again. Is it the Metrodome, or is it Mall of America Field? Well, let's just hope it's a place where the Vikings can win a freaking football game. They're going against the third worst offense in the NFL. You think about the Arizona Cardinals as the as great offense. Well, Kurt Warner's not playing anymore, and uh, it's quite it's been quite the transformation over there for those Arizona Cardinals. And their defense, well, it's the fifth worst defense in the NFL. Gotta love that. They give up 100 and uh, no, yep, they give up 141 yards on the ground per game, 368 yards in the air per game. So. You can do a lot of anything in, against the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, establish the run early against these guys. That's what you got to do, plain and simple. Establish the run early, especially uh, depending on the quarterback situation. Though what's hilarious, what team made Tavares Jackson look like a pro bowler? The Arizona Cardinals back in 2008. Remember that when he replaced Gus Farratt? When Gus Farratt injured his back against the Detroit Lions? That's right. He injured his back against the Detroit Lions. Brett Favre... It's an injured chin laceration, whatever, against the uh, New England Patriots. Tavares Jackson comes in and smokes the Arizona Cardinals. Well, there you go. There you go. Now we can start believing in Tavares again because he smoked the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, my. You got to love that. Uh, No, I don't think Tavares Jackson is going to start a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I highly doubt it. If Favre broke his jaw, that might make things a little more interesting though i think he'd even play through that to be honest with you but uh no Farv if Farv's going to play through a stress fracture in his ankle and a little bit higher in the leg ankle whatever foot area he's going to play with a uh a laceration in his jaw area jaw chin he's he's going to play through it you just know he is because that's just who he is um i don't think he wants to go out in a game like that It's just no way he's going to go out like that it's impossible Arizona Cardinals, though, man. Well, obviously their best player, <laughs> plain and simple, is uh, it's Tim Hightower. No, it's Larry Fitzgerald, uh, 331 yards, only two touchdowns in the year, only 29 receptions. The second-best receiver statistically is Steve Breston, only 14 receptions, 183 yards. I remember almost kicking myself earlier in the year for not picking up Steve Breston late in the draft, the fantasy draft. And it's like, oh, thank God I didn't. Because that's right, Kurt Warner's not in this offense anymore. It's Derek Anderson. It's Derek Anderson. They didn't keep. <laughs> I just could not believe it. They didn't keep Matt Leinert. I just. They didn't keep Matt Leinert. I know he hasn't really been the great quarterback in the NFL thus far. But at least you have a small chance. He, he was okay, I guess. You know, they didn't keep him. Now he's over there with Dan Orlovsky backing up Matt Schaub. Dan Orlovsky, former backup to the Detroit Lions, of course. But backing up Matt Schaub over there in Houston, who they're the top team in their division in the AFC South, amazingly. Um, mm, mm, mm. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Easily one of the first teams in football, yet they're three and four. They're actually a game ahead of the Vikings. They're a game ahead of the Vikings. I just, I got you, but yeah. The Arizona Cardinals are ahead of the Vikings right now. Isn't that ridiculous? Isn't that ridiculous? Yep, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home today. 38-35. to They could, They scored points. Oh, they scored points. But, oh, they gave up points. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. These Arizona Cardinals, folks, they are the team to beat in the Dome this coming week. The Vikings, yes, they're going to win. The Vikings are going to be 3-5, 3-5 and, five, three and five after next week. How exciting that, huh? No, not all too exciting. Derek Anderson threw two interceptions, nothing special. Max Hall came in also in this game. Completed 50% of his passes and also through two interceptions. Josh Freeman had a very efficient game against the uh, Arizona Cardinals defense. Nothing spectacular, but efficient. Uh, the ground game looked pretty good. Garrett Blunt had 120 yards on the ground and only 22 rushes, two touchdowns, two touchdowns including a 48-yard scamper. Um, Beanie Wells, of course, the starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals, there just ain't much there. I mean, the only guy I'm scared of on Arizona is Lawrence Maroney, and is he going to get the ball? Excuse me, Lawrence Maroney. Larry Fitzgerald, and is he going to get the ball? I don't know. Though amazingly, Steve Breston exploded. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald had two touchdowns and 72 yards in this game, but Steve Breston had eight catches for 147 yards. So a little surprising there, though Tampa Bay's defense not exactly where it was years ago, that's for sure. Certainly not at all. Um, Well, it's just one of those games. It's a home game. It's an inferior team. Establish the run early. Go with what you can. But I say establish the run early, obviously. Adrian Peterson's the best player on the team. And then look for Percy Harvin on those short passes and maybe uh, deep down the middle on a few plays as well. I mean, I think you can do a little bit of everything against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Well, what's funny is, I made fun of the uh, New England Patriots running game. They uh, only, they gave up their, they scored their second rushing touchdown of the year, of the year today and against us. And uh, had that Ellis, yeah, good old Ellis, whoever that is, right? At 122 yards, including that touchdown today. Just exasperating. I don't know. Yeah, the Vikings win the game, but uh, it's like I don't want to get cocky about anything anymore. We have the best run defense in the world. Nah, no, we don't. Oh, well, the ba- the pass defense is solid. The secondary is nice, and no, it's not doing good either. So I don't know what to think. The last time we played the Arizona Cardinals, they looked like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whereas the, the next week, they the, like a couple weeks later, they gave up 50 points in the postseason against the New Orleans Saints. So I don't know. I got to think the Vikings can win in, uh, against the Arizona Cardinals at home, though. I got to think the Vikings' chances are very good in that scenario. Again, balanced attack. established the run early. God, I cannot believe the Buccaneers are five and two. By the way, what the hell is going on? <laughs> there is some weird stuff going on in the NFL this year. There really is. This has been a weird ass season. Um, boy. Again, just establish the run early, and then try to hit Percy Harvin, and maybe maybe someday Randy Moss will get open and he'll catch the ball again. But uh, today was not that day. It just was not. So that's pretty much where we're going to stand with things. Please, Now we're going to get to contact details here. The message board's on sportsstuff.com. We'd like you to join those, please. That'd be very, very awesome. There's a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Simply click on that and then click Register and get your screen name and post on those boards. You can discuss with all the teams in our division and all the other divisions out there. That's how Dylan Richardson, the executive producer and creator of the sportstuff.com, was so kind to do. A very cool idea. So, uh, very, very fun way to interact. On there, of course, remember the phone line, 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 Remember, it is a voicemail. Mention which show you're calling in for, which is Purple Mafia and Opine. Also, you got the Facebook group. Type in Purple Mafia Show, Minnesota Vikings, or Minnesota Vikings Purple Mafia Show. In the search bar, and you'll find it right away. Simply join that, and then, of course, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So I want to thank you guys for listening once again. Yes, the Vikings are going to be 3-5, and five, but uh, the playoffs are not looking so good. That does not make me a Fairweather fan. That makes me an honest and objective fan and an honest and objective host of this show. So we'll talk to you next week. Maybe there'll be something to build upon, and maybe there won't be, but uh, the Vikings are going to beat the Cardinals. They just are. So we'll leave it there. We'll talk to you then. Take care.